We'll be in Job chapter 29. Job 29 tonight. To be honest, this is a this is one of those books that for a lot of times it was hard for me to get through. It was long. Uh, uh, it seemed parts of it seemed repetitive, and uh, a while back I just had to pray the Lord and say, "Lord, help me uh, as I'm getting through it again. Lord, help me not to look at it the same way." And uh, uh, and Lord and and you know He will. Isn't that a blessing? When you a lot of times when we just admit things to the Lord and ask for help, He's right there, uh, you know, just uh, waiting on us to ask Him for help. And I'm thankful for His help. I'm thankful that He uh, that He sent us the Holy Spirit that helps Amen. us to learn His Word. We're not trying to do this on our own. Uh, you know, many men and women have tried to do this on their own and they failed. You know, they they come up with things and they get so far away from the truth. Uh, but I'm glad we have the Holy Spirit. So John, or I'm sorry, Job, uh, Job 29. We're just going to look at the first five verses. We're going to read those. We'll look at a couple of the verses later uh, in the chapter. But Job 29, verse 1. Moreover, Job continued his parable and said, Oh, that I were as in the months past, uh, as in the days when God preserved me, when his candle shined upon my head, and when by his light I walked through darkness. Uh, as I was in the days of my youth, when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle, when the Almighty was yet with me, when my children we're about me. Lord, we thank you so much for your word tonight. Lord, we ask that you'd help us once again uh, to open up your word to us. And Lord, that it would come alive. Lord, help us to understand, to learn tonight. Challenge us. Let us apply your word to our lives. And Lord, help us to live uh, the life that you desire for us. Lord, help, uh, help me to preach. Help us to listen. And in Jesus' name we pray. And amen. amen. So Job uh, is starting to uh, you know, you think about uh, his friends, and we call it friends use loosely, uh, have already spoken at different times leading up to this chapter, uh, and Job is really giving a big defense of his life uh, in the next, this chapter and the next two that come after it. But you see right here at the beginning of chapter 29, he starts thinking about his life from before. So before the trials start, before he lost his children, before all those things happen, uh, lost his possessions, lost his health. He starts thinking back in the past. And that's what you see in verse 2. Oh, that I were as in months past. You see, he's saying, thinking about the days before. Uh, and, and you think, you know, what in, in Job's situation in his life, we know that there was this massive trial. There was this huge storm in his life. He's, he's gone through something that most of us will probably never go through, praise God, um, anything of this level. You know, he's it's a compound uh, problems in multiple areas of his life. Uh, and, and here's the thing, even uh, if you go through a lesser trial or a lesser storm than Job, you can kind of fall into the same trap that he, I believe he's falling into right here, is that you're constantly thinking about the past. That's what he's doing right here, saying, oh, uh, that it were in the months past, not just thinking about it, but wanting to be in the past. I wish I was in the past and not today. Uh, and here's the thing. I don't, I don't believe we should just forget the past. 
or ignore the past or just act like things never happened. But we cannot constantly dwell in the past. We can't do that. We cannot do that because it will prevent us from living today. You know, we are going to live for the Lord today. We can't dwell in the past because that past a lot of times will, I've seen where it paralyzes people with today. You know, they, uh, man, I've either made mistakes in the past that I can't get over uh, or things have been done to me that I can't get over or things were so great in the past and it's never as good as it is now it's never going to be any good so just in constant uh you know sadness and dwelling over it we can't do that uh and in philippians 3 13 uh, paul says this brethren i count not myself to apprehended but this one thing i do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before i press toward the mark for the yes, prize of the high calling of god in christ jesus Jesus. So whether our past has good memories or bad memories or whatever it is, we've got to press forward. That's what that's what the Bible is telling us. That's what God is telling us. Uh, because again, that past can prevent us from doing what God wants us to do today. And our goal, I believe every one of us, is to faithfully serve the Lord till the end. And that's what Paul's saying. That past will get in front of you because he's admitting right there with himself. Hey, if I let it, even Paul's past, he said, would keep me from uh, getting to the prize, getting to the end where God wants me to be. So one of the things we know from Job's life in the first two chapters that there's a spiritual battle behind all this. This is it's a spiritual battle. We see God uh, talking with Satan. You know, we see this, uh, and Satan wants to strike Job down, right? Satan uh, wants to get rid of him, or well, not get rid of him, but Satan wants to to hurt Job so much that Satan's goal is this: is that Job would turn to God and curse God and to his face. It says he want that's what Satan wants. He will curse thee to his face. That's what he told God. He said that's what Job will end up doing. So we see it's a spiritual battle and I realize does Satan wants all of us to do that, doesn't he? He wants all of us to point our finger at God and and and, and blame him for everything and curse him to his face and because if you get to that point you're walking away from God you're not trusting God anymore uh, you're not respecting God anymore you're not fearing God anymore there's no faith you're just pointing your hand and Satan's whole reasoning for this you've got to remember this from the beginning is that Satan asked God this question doth Job fear God for naught is it, does he fear him? Does he fear you, God, uh, because you've been you've blessed him, right? He's in a period of blessing. He's got possessions. He's got family. He's got health. He's got wealth. He's got all these things. And if if you would take those away, he would no longer fear you. He'd no longer worship you. He'd no longer be blessed, uh, bless you or anything else. He's saying, Satan is saying this, Job is only going to trust you, God, in the good times. Right? That's what he's saying. Doth Job's fear God for naught. And haven't you seen people like this? Right? They come to Jesus. You, they're on fire for him until the first trial hits. Until the first problem hits, and then they're done. They're running away from God. See, Satan, he knows that for some people, this is true. 
He's saying, hey, yeah, that's great. Job's upright. He's doing great things. He's good for, you know, he's blessing you. He's sacrificing. He's doing all that. But let something bad happen to his life and see what happens to him. It's a spiritual battle. We see from the very beginning that's happening behind the scenes that, that on earth they can't see what's going on. Satan's goal, I believe, is for every one of us to walk away from God. All of us to do that. But look at the end of verse 2. He says at the beginning, Oh, that I were as in months past, as in the days when God preserved me. So as he's thinking of the good times of the past, he's also saying this. Hey, one of the reasons why I like the past is because God preserved me back then. God kept me. God watched over me. God put a hedge around me. And what Job couldn't realize, see, it's easy for us to read through the story and forget that Job doesn't know what's going on in this part of the story. He doesn't realize till later uh, is that God did not fully remove the hedge of protection around Job or Job would be gone. Amen. What he said is, remember, God would allow him to do certain things. And praise God for that. Amen. Because that, that's a, God is in control through this whole story. He, he never loses control to the devil. The devil never has an upper hand. The devil has to come and beg to God to do anything to Job. But we see this. Uh, Job believes that God is no longer preserving or protecting him in these times of trial. And I think that's something important to remember as you go through this story. Verse 3, when his candle shined upon my head and when by his light I walked through the darkness. So Job is also saying through this trial, right before the trial, God directed my path. He shined light in where I should go, right? And in fact, this, the language here kind of seems like the way God talks about the word of God. It's a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. And Job is saying, hey, I used to have that light. I don't have it anymore, right? God's not preserving me anymore. God's not lighting my way anymore. In verse 3, you, you start, he's saying, listen, in this trial, I'm losing my sense of direction, and, and here's the thing, you can either, uh, in a time of trial, you can either abandon the Bible, right? That's one thing some people do, or feel like it's not working anymore, or it's not true anymore, or it's not working as well as it used to, or something like that. And then the question is, so we can pause right here, even this far in, and ask ourselves, have we ever been there, right? Have you ever been in a trial where you start to say, you know what? I'm not sure God's hands on me anymore. I'm not sure God's really directing me anymore. I feel like I'm lost. Verse 4. As it was in the days of my youth, when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle. And I believe right here he's talking about a day when the Lord was closer to him. Like when they tabernacled together, when they communed together. But now God feels distant to Job. Verse 5, when the Almighty was yet with me, when my children were about me. He says right there, remember verse 2, he's saying God's no longer preserving me. Verse 5, when the Almighty was yet with me, he's saying God is no longer with him anymore. So then the question is this, has God abandoned Job? Has he abandoned Job? Because Job is saying that he has. Is God no longer have his hand on Job's life? And really the question could be asked this way. Are the feelings that Job is feeling true? 
Is, are his what he believes to be? Is it true? See, God allowed Job's circumstances to change. But from God's point of view, when you look through the whole book, God's relationship with Job never changes. Right? No matter what happens to Job, God is still there. God's still watching him. God's still protecting him the whole time. But it's, it's from Job's angle that he says everything looks different. Job's friends believe that Job was a hypocrite. Remember, that's one of the big things. And all of their, that's why sometimes for me it's hard to read the book. Because I feel like over and over again you get the same thing. They're saying, hey, basically you must have some sort of secret sin. And you're acting righteous. And you, may, you must have hidden sin. And that's why God's punishing your hidden sin. And Job's flipping and saying the opposite. That no, it's not true. Uh, and then it's just this back and forth over and over again. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, uh, see, God, Job thought that God had distanced himself God had uh, left him and then his friends thought that Joe, God was punishing Job for some secret sin but in all reality neither side was right they were both, neither was true neither thing God allowed Job's prosperity to cease but it wasn't because of any secret sin it was that unseen spiritual warfare going on remember from the beginning but here's the problem. I believe when we start looking at the picture and start to try to apply this to our life, is see, we understand that Job, the whole book, one of the big lessons is that this, these bad things weren't happening to him as a result of this hidden sin. We understand that. But then why do we struggle understanding the other lesson that just because he's in a trial or just because we're in a trial doesn't mean God is distant now. That's the same lesson, right? Uh, we've got to learn the same thing. God has not abandoned us when we're in the middle of a storm. So then starting in this chapter from verse 6 all the way to the end, Job starts giving a defense. And we're not going to read it all because it's chapter 29, chapter 30, chapter 31, starting in verse 6 in this chapter. And it keeps going. Job gives this defense. And in his defense, you can see a little more of his life that's not in the first two chapters. We know Job was wealthy, right? We got that. But one of the other things that he talks about is he helped the poor, the widows, the fatherless. If you skip down to verse 12, because I delivered the poor that cried and the fatherless and him that had none to help him. Verse 15, I was the eyes to the blind and feet was I to the lame. So we see that God or that Job helped uh, those that were poor. The, he helped those that were in need. So he didn't just pile up his wealth like some do today. Uh, but he also he shared that with people that needed it. Not only that, we learned from this chapter that Job was well-respected. And in fact, uh, look at verses 9 and 10. The princes refrained from talking and laid uh, their hand on their mouth. The nobles held their peace and their tongue cleaved to the roof of their mouth. What he's saying is when Job walked into the city and walked into where people were, they actually quit talking when he came. They respected him so much uh, that they stopped to talk. And, and the reason is this. Look at verse 21. Unto me men give ear and waited and kept silence at my counsel. They, he had a wisdom about him that they wanted to hear his advice. So instead of talking to him and telling him things, they wanted to hear him. 
And you, it's in several verses in this chapter. So you think about this. If you look at this chapter, you, you can read it quickly and think, now wait a second. Job seems to be a righteous man. He's well respected in his community. He's an example for all of us, really, of how a Christian should live in the world. And he looks like a, a perfect example of righteousness. Look at verse 14. I put on righteousness and it clothed me. My judgment was a robe and a diadem. And right here, when I got to this point, I stopped and I started to think and, and the, looking at the entire chapter and I realized something. If you count every time in this chapter, Job says, I, me, or my, I lost count at 50, right? I started with I and me, and I was pretty close to 50, and I started adding the my's, and I was having trouble counting them all. See, here's the thing. If somebody else was describing Job's life in chapter 29, it would be different, right? How generous he was, how he treated people, you know, how much of a blessing he was to people around them. But remember, verse or chapter 29, Job is describing himself. He's talking, he's, this is his defense, remember, to those uh, that are accusing him uh, of sin or different things like that. And then you get to verse 15, and he says at the beginning, I put on righteousness. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He's saying, listen, my good works, my deeds, my good behavior, my righteousness. And then you realize something. Job's struggling with pride. Right? That's a prideful statement right there. I put on righteousness. Now, yes, Job was a prosperous man. Yes, he was highly esteemed in the city. Uh, but he's talking about the good old days. Remember, before God took his hand of protection away. And once you think about uh, the way he's talking about his former life, and then you look at, remember, verses 2 and verses 5, when the Almighty was yet with me. And you realize that he's, Job is actually blaming God now in this chapter. The whole reason I'm not where I was is because of God. God did this to me. God lifted his hand. God walked away from me. And here's the problem. Job viewed himself higher. He's, he had a high view of himself and he's saying, listen, I don't deserve this new life. I had a better life. That's the one I deserved because of my righteousness. So he's justifying himself in defense of the accusations of his friends. But here's the problem. Anytime someone tries to justify themselves, in the eyes of God, the sin comes right out. You see that? It's right there. And I believe if Job would have continued down this path, he would have gotten to the point of cursing God because it's a dangerous line of thought he's going down. I put on righteousness. God left me. I was a help to the poor. God's not lighting my path anymore. That's what he's saying. It's a dangerous path that he's going down. And here's the thing. Chapter 38, the Lord answers Job out of a whirlwind. And the Lord talks in chapters 39 and 40. And in chapter 40, 
verse 7 and 8, the Lord says this to Job, Gird up thy loins now like a man. I will demand of thee and declare uh, thou unto me. Look at verse 8. Listen to this. Wilt thou also disannul my judgment? Wilt thou condemn me that thou mayest be righteous? God tells him, he's saying, Job, what you're doing is you're saying, I am not right. Right? God is, God's judgment is not correct. And he is justifying himself. And when he does that, God's saying, you are condemning me by justifying yourself. And when I thought about that, that's the problem of chapter 29. Job's exalting himself, right? He's, he's talking about all the great things that he's done because he's more concerned with defending his honor than God's integrity, right? He's more concerned with that. And here's the thing. You realize it is impossible for any man to declare himself righteous without condemning God, right? Romans, what's Romans 3.10? As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. So any man that says he's righteous has to say that God is wrong, right? And that's what Job is doing. And that's what God is stopping him and making him realize. He's saying, now slow down, Job. You weren't, he goes through all those things. You weren't there. Where were you at when I created everything? Because you're telling me that I'm wrong. And then he gets to the big point with Job asking him the question. The problem you have is my judgment. My decisions, my sovereignty, my plan. And if you're condemning me to make yourself righteous, you're wrong. See, Job was saying God had withdrawn his blessing and protection unfairly because Job had done nothing to deserve that trial. Job blamed God for the trial. But aren't you glad that God helped him understand why he was where he was at? God helped him in that. There was mercy, even though it seems harsh when you look at chapters 38, 39, and 40, you think God's acting sort of harshly, but he is responding to a proud man and saying, hey, where were you? If you're going to tell me how to run this earth, where were you when I created this earth? Yeah. It's a wake-up call for us as well. We've got to trust. We've got to trust that God's in control God has not left us. He's not abandoned us. He's not taken his hand of protection away just because our circumstances have changed, yeah. right? And I've said this before and I'll say it again. Our feelings don't always coincide with the truth. And that's what's happening with Job. His, and, and again, I'm not saying that we uh, can perfectly tackle a trial or anything like that. But the Old Testament, the Bible says, is for our example and for our learning. And I believe this is a prime example right here. It's so that we can learn from Job and try to apply this the next time we're in a trial. Or if you're in a trial right now, you can take that away and say, hey, God is righteous. Hey, God never left Job. God's hand of protection never left him. Or Satan would have annihilated him. Annihilated him. And God's mercy never left because if it did, he would have let Job go all the way in his prideful attitude and would have ended at the pinnacle of pride, which is right next to the devil right saying i you know i'm the greatest i'm righteous i i'll exalt my throne above the stars and everything aren't you glad that god turns us around and in this spiritual warfare you get to the end 
And yes, Job is blessed again, but Job also learns more about God. And that's one of the things I've seen in my own life. We don't like the trials, but those trials, when we stick with the Lord, when we don't give up, they teach us more and more about God. There are trials that are long gone, but the lessons we've learned about the Lord are still with us, praise God. And that's the same thing with Job. God is righteous, he's good, he's holy, his plan is perfect, whether we're in a good situation or a bad one. Yeah.